The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined this fine Tuesday by Kyle Tavorchik, Lawrence Jackson. What we're gonna we're gonna do? What we do every week? Break down another bizarre Monday night football game. Really, this Monday night game had some pretty big Thursday night energy. Um, <laughs> had specifically some Broncos Colts Thursday night energy. Not quite as bad as that epic yep. from earlier in the season. But then we're gonna do what we do every Tuesday, which is get in the players we were having trouble ranking, but We'll start at running back because uh, we're going to have trouble ranking the Steelers running backs this week. Najee Harris made it only one half against the Colts. Jalen Warren missed week 12 with a hamstring injury. I mean, last night, who was it? Kyle Benny Snell and uh, McFarland? Yeah, McFarland, who they waived on the final cuts for roster, like for roster cuts in August slash like the first day of September, whenever it is. But then they brought back to the practice squad and he's been up a few times getting almost no run, but been on the active game day roster a few times and strangely having watched this game i know that like i I don't know if naj i mean Najee like has looked banged up all year but mcfarland was actually the first running back not named Najee harris to take the field for the steelers but it looked like you know sort of simplifying this that he was playing the jalen warren role with jalen warren out and his skill set kind of matches up with that at least like his hypothetical skill set that he came out of college with Hasn't really shown a ton of that, but it looks like he was playing the Warren role. Then once Najee went down, Benny Snell played the Najee role. And ironically, his bang between the tackles for 3.2 yards per carry skill set is the same one Najee has, except he looked far more explosive last night. Man, don't put Najee on blast like that. Um, It was worth mentioning. Jalen Warren was questionable, supposedly, for Monday Night Football before not playing, suggesting he's close to a return Lawrence, they get the Falcons this week. The Falcons, as we know, they love to give up fantasy points. Uh, I think they're, yeah, they're like top six or seven against running backs. If Najee Harris sits, if Jalen Warren plays, are we looking at a top 20 option at running back? Um, that, that'll be tough because of some of the reasons that Kyle just mentioned. You just see the names that he mentioned alone. That's way too many names to feel confident about <laughs> uh, any, any one of them coming back. Now, if Najee somehow musters up the energy and brute strength to come back, then I have him as a top 15 running back right at 15, which is the best I think any of us have ever ranked him in a long while because they going against Atlanta. But if Jalen Warren was questionable coming into week 12, uh, you saw Benny Snell. He had effective runs as well. He got in the end zone. Then there was McFarland who was, like Kyle said, he was the guy playing behind Najee Harris. Um, it's just a it's a lot going on there. You just know that because it's the Falcons, somebody gonna score. I don't know if one guy or we don't we don't know which one guy can be that potential uh top twenty play, not this early in the week at least. Kyle makes an important distinction. Uh I Jalen Warren was called questionable by Mike Tomlin earlier in the week. Then he was actually ruled out. He never actually got the Q tag. Yeah, he was ruled out on hypothetically on Friday, like most players are, though, because it was Monday night. It was Saturday, but it was the typical not practicing. I think he might have actually been like limited in practice, maybe. But uh, either way, he was ruled out as teams do on their final day of official practices. But I mean, I think it still matters somewhat that Tomlin was holding out hope early in the week. Yeah, but it, it might seem like we're splitting hairs there, but yeah, it, it is an important. If he had gotten the actual Q tag, 
that would have suggested he was pretty close to playing. Being called that's questionable. True. Also, he, he didn't get in a single rep last week. Nah, uh, oh, that's not uh, that's not great. Then it makes it makes the Tomlin questionable sound more like yeah, big optimism that, than any like real yeah. shot. That's like when Joe Burrow was like, Jamar Chase gonna play, and then he didn't play. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Don't hurt. do this to us. Like, you knew he wasn't going to play. But Jamar Chase is going to play this week, right? I mean, Jamar Chase was going to play last week. I I assume he is. I assume he is. Yeah, but. I'll, do, Chiefs. I'll do one of they my favorite bits. Play. You see this this beautiful office? If you want me to still have this office, Jamar Chase needs to play this week. <laughs> can't lose any more money. Yeah, Jamar I could Chase. use some Chase this week, man. could really, really use some Chase. Could we use anything at all in the Colts passing game, which – and even Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman's actually gotten grouchier as he's mm-hmm. aged. He used to be Mr. Positive. Now he's fairly grouchy. He called the Colts passing attack dreadful, which is pretty surprising to hear on air from any of the major announcers. You know, they don't want to be super negative. They want us to be interested in the game. But Troy Aikman knows that we have eyes, and there was nothing <laughs> else to call the Colts passing attack. Just truly, truly dreadful against the Steelers. Michael Pittman is still a wide receiver, too. By average points on the season, he's having trouble cracking the top 30 over the past five weeks, though. Has only one touchdown since week one. Is there just not enough upside in this offense, especially with buys about to end, to keep treating Michael Pittman as a top 24 receiver? I mean, Pittman hasn't been terrible since the return of uh, since the return of Matt Ryan in the three games he's played. We've seen at least 50 yards, which isn't a great mark, but... A lot of players are banged up. A lot of players have been disappointing. I, I think it's at least worth noting at least seven catches for 50 yards, at least six, excuse me, six catches for 50 yards in all three of Ryan's three games back. One touchdown over that span. That's like wide receiver two-ish numbers without putting a blow-up game in there. Now, like obviously a blow-up game under the cold circumstances is much less likely, but he's still dominating targets. He's still catching a lot of his passes. They're not like prayer yard style targets from a quarterback who's Air yards are truly the prayer style. So I'm probably still ranking him top 20. I am definitely still ranking him top 24, frankly. It's not even a discussion for me. But when you're so ceiling capped by playing for this totally dreadful, that is correct, a dreadful offense. Shouts to Troy. He's right. It's, I mean, he's definitely right. I, and I get it. Like, you don't want to tell listeners, turn the TV off. But like, I don't know. He he was doing them a favor, calling, calling a spade a spade. So He'll probably be like 18 for me, I'd guess. Hmm. Seems high. Yeah, I, I got him at 22 right now. So keep keeping him inside the top 24, you kind of like uh, feel like it's a must because even though, you know, the offense is what it is, it seems like he's squeezing all the juice out of it. Uh, got a lot of targets. Dude, that, that means something in fantasy, I reckon. 11 targets, 7 catches, 61 yards. It's just not going anywhere. It's dink and dunk and, you know, every, he don't got no time to throw. And when he do, it's still not working. <laughs> no. it's, it's it's wild, man. Wild times. But guy, it's not to the point where uh, it is close to that where we have to put him outside the top 24. But like Kyle said, there's no blow up game in there to help boost the average a little bit. But this is the thing. Are we can we even get a blow up game out of this? I don't know. Their blow up game would be like Jonathan Taylor busting a 60 yard run. That's the only thing you could count on in this offense. It's been a while, but we had the 16 target 134 yard game. Uh, this was week six versus the Jags. And that's going to have to be the blow up game for, for him where, and we've seen it in, in that he has been really controlling the targets as the team's wide receiver one. But his blow-up games are sort of like the Keenan Allen-style blow-up games where he just gets the ball a lot, which is still in the range of outcomes. But it's not as fun of a blow-up game as it like would have been last year or something of that nature. He needs something like what DK Metcalf had in Week 12. It's like 11 yeah. catches for 90 yards. and I, So far, I am as the wide receiver 27. I'll be honest. Oh, oh play the game. I'm gonna well, I, well, I, I, obviously, that's the setup for playing the game. Uh, Michael Pittman at the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, first off, they're playing the Cowboys this week. And as we saw last night, sorry to regurgitate a tweet, like Matt Ryan was just like going side to side. It looked like his controller was stuck and he was just strafing. Like he like the second they snapped the ball, he was like r- trying to get away from the pass rush. And TJ Watt, it's a pretty good pass rush, but it's the Cowboys and Mike. Well, now they face a better pass rush. So my goodness, uh, tough matchup for the Colts. So Michael Pittman at the Cowboys, Juju Smith Schuster at the Bengals. Juju. All right. Uh, yeah. Michael, 
Michael Pittman, the Cowboys, or Devontae Smith, who is Michael Pittmaning pretty hard against the Titans? Devontae um, Smith. Michael Pittman. They ain't gonna be able to they ain't gonna be able to run the Eagles. Um Gabe, to run. Gabriel Davis G- at the New England Patriots or Michael Pittman at the Cincinnati Gabe. Bengals. You know how to get me. I'm going Pittman. Oh. <laughs> Kyle? Gabe, I'm I, I'm still drinking the Mountain Dew. We're playing oh, Gabe. Although you know Gabe, how, how you getting this guy in the top twenty? <laughs> Gabe is. Like, I say this. I feel a lot more com- like we was just talking about blow up games. At least Gabe Davis had a possibility of that. The possibility of that is much less for Michael Pittman, and that's just the truth. One more, then we'll do Gabriel Davis at the Cowboys. Or the aforementioned Keenan Allen against the horrible Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I mean, you mean uh, Pittman at the uh, Cowboys? Yeah, sorry. Making sure we weren't mixing that up. Who did um, I say? <laughs> you, said, you said Gabe at the Cowboys. We're still talking Gabe. I mean, I don't blame you. Talking Gabe, Gabe is more Gabe's fun. on the Colts now. Yeah. I'd hope so. Um, Pittman. Pittman or who? Uh, had to, Keenan Allen at the Raiders. Oh, Keenan Allen. You, you chose Pittman, Kyle? How are you guys getting this guy in the top 20, man? I, I what? Well, Lawrence has him in wide receiver 22, but you might need to rethink this, Kyle. That's all I'm saying. No, all I'll, I'm never saying. Re, I'll never recant. You'll never recant. <laughs> and, uh, we're, we'll stick at wide receiver because there's a lot going on at wide receiver this week. We have a lot of really interesting names. I have one I wanted to play the game with, but I'll wait for that. We'll stick in the AFC South. Uh, which one of you is having trouble ranking Zay Jones? I believe it's Kyle. Yeah, that, yeah, that that that's me. That's me. Uh, because uh, he had a great game uh, in Week Twelve against the Ravens. You saw him catch the winning uh, pass for the two point conversion. Two straight games now with double digit targets, and now they go on the road to face the Lions. And that game is the second highest on the slate as far as total points uh, in the over under fifty one and a half. Only behind the Chiefs and the Bengals. We know the Lions can uh, score points, especially when they're at home. And the Jaguars coming off the game that they just had, the way they came back, that was, I I would say that's Trevor Lawrence's best game as a pro. 321 yards, three touchdowns, uh, no picks. And Zay Jones was a big part of that, uh, catching 11 passes for 145. So the question is like, we was just talking about Michael Pittman and I'm thinking I'm feeling like Pat, you should have brought up Zay Jones or Michael Pittman. So now that, that makes it interesting on where to rank him this week. Well, Zay Jones is a really weird one. Cause he hasn't gotten much rankings respect all year. I actually had him, I think fairly high, maybe compared to industry consensus. I was pushing him close to the top 40, which I mean, I know it's still not that high, but, He's on the season. Zay Jones is tied for 13th with 58 catches, which I think we mentioned on the Monday podcast with Denny. He's tied for 24th with 79 targets. He has 19 catches for 213 yards over the past week, two weeks. Like Trevor Lawrence is playing better ball. We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence later in the show. And it's kind of like, how do you, how in the world do we keep that guy out of the top 36, aka wide receiver three? And really, how do we keep him out of the top 30? I do have him as the as I say that, I have him at the wide receiver 33 spot right now, though, Kyle. Okay, you bet. <laughs> I, whatever you're I doing, might have to do that. <laughs> so that I smart? got him at 37. Yeah, see, we got to We got to give him respect. Got to yeah. give him respect our elders. Zay Jones, he's like 35, isn't he? Um, no, no, nah, nah, he ain't that. <laughs> Kyle, you have any Zay Jones thoughts? He's good. He's, he's pretty good. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I mean, I think what he's doing is sort of proving the thesis that Christian Kirk can't be your number one. But also what Zay Jones has done throughout this year is prove that Zay Jones can't be your number one. They basically just have two 1B type players. And in the past two games, when it's not, you know, not quite a shootout with the Chiefs, but at least a good back and forth affair with the Chiefs where their underdogs have to play from behind. He has a solid 868, 10 targets game. And then really in the in the more explosive shootout in terms of 55 points, I believe, scored versus uh versus Baltimore. Yeah, that one goes nuts. 11 for 145. In games with really good pace, good scoring environment, which the Lions potentially could be, he's probably a really strong wide receiver three bet because he has almost as good of a chance of leading the targets as Christian Kirk. I'd still rank Kirk ahead of him, but gap is closing. So I feel like 36 has to be like the floor. I might, 
I'm not ranking over Pittman. That's not one of the ways in which Pittman gets knocked out of the top. <laughs> yeah, the I won't do that. Well, actually, <laughs> it's not a terrible question. I am not taking him over Pittman, but like Gabe or uh, Gabe Zay Jones looked good, and it's a really good spot. I mean, facing Lions is just the best man. Yeah, it's just an explosion spot. And you're right, the gap is narrowing between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. It's not closing. They're kind of both still compiling based, but Christian Kirk is still the one that has the ceiling. Probably still has better touchdown odds. His usage, Zay Jones' usage, has been increasing, I think, since Evan Ingram got banged up, too. Evan Ingram's playing. But he's kind of, like, disappearing. Like He's had very, very little production over the past three or four weeks. And, yeah, Kyle, it's the Lions. I just feel like you got to get him in the top 36. First time all year, probably any of, any of us have him ranked in the top 36. But it just really is time. We're not going to play as extensive of a game here. But Zay Jones at the Detroit Lions or Alan Lazard at the Chicago Bears? Zay Jones. Yeah, Zay Jones. I have Zay Jones as well. Or here's another good matchup. Zay Jones at the Lions or Drake London against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, Zay Jones. <laughs> Come on. Falcons not oh, a receiver <laughs> Drake London. All right. Don't, no. don't, don't boot. Yeah, me. if you ask me this in week two, <laughs> ask me this in week two and we got a different answer. Yeah. Man, I wasn't expecting to get shouted down on Drake London. Man, the Falcons are depressing. Uh, Zay Jones at the Lions, Jacoby Myers, the Buffalo Bills. Zay Jones for me, man. I think Zay Jones. Here's a really weird one. I wanted to be done. Zay Darius Slayton against the Commanders. Now we're talking. Zay, but I do like Slayton. I really do like Slayton, but it's just it's such a, a good looking spot. Yeah. The as you asking it now, I feel like Zay, but I know for a fact I have Slayton like two spots ahead of him. Darius Slayton is kind of Zay Jonesing, where commanding a lot of volumes, pushing his way up the ranks. Unlike Zay, it's not like so Zay has target competition, which is kind of making it even more impressive for Zay Jones. Darius Slayton doesn't have a target. So rarely, I feel like these dots actually connect. Like, well, they have no one to throw to, so they got to throw to X. That is what's happening with Darius Slayton, and it's. I mean, it only took them losing their first nine receivers to get Darius Slayton, who's like a legit good ball player. He's been the one who's been the best and most consistent. Yeah, I I never have had any idea why the Giants don't like him more. I have no clue why some team just like wouldn't trade a fourth round pick for him last offseason. I I was stumping for that on Twitter. I just thought he was a good player, just buried for no reason. And thankfully for the Giants' sake, they kept him around, and now he's producing. So I misattributed Zay Jones to Kyle Dvorak at first. Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking a wide receiver for week 13? Well, you were thinking of AFC South receivers, which apparently that's just where we are living right now because I'm going to stick in the in the division. Traylon Burks, it's, it's, it's more of how high do I want to push him because I was very excited for him, for him as a prospect. He was efficient to start the year but wasn't playing the full-time role, gets banged up. Now he's come back, and, I mean, he has been truly elite since coming back. He's 12th in yards per route run over the past three games. He's got a, I think it's a 21% target share, a 30% air yard share. He's playing like a wide receiver one. He's efficient. He's still not getting all of the snaps, all of the routes, but we're pushing towards that, and that's what we were pushing towards right before the foot injury, too. He's efficient. His role is growing. Like I, I get it's the Titans offense, not our favorite to attack to the pass. But also I saw like it's obviously like a, a low IQ comparison to make. But he kind of looked a little a little A.J. Brown in the in the last week. And that's what this offense needs. They don't need the target hog 15, 15 targets per game. DeAndre Hopkins type. They just need someone who can make the Ryan Tannehill gimmick play action stuff work. Let Ryan Tannehill throw 20 times a game, but let nine of those be just bombs. Because they <laughs> did that really well with AJ Brown. He wasn't, you know, the most used receiver in the league, but he was incredibly valuable to the offense. And if Burks can just replace that little bit of it, where you can just heave it to a guy on play action, one-on-one coverage deep, and that guy has a chance of winning. That's how this offense was designed to work, and that's how it was working a year or two ago. So I'm a little excited for this Traylon Burks fella. And Lawrence, for you, just to Kyle's point, he has a 50-plus yard catch each of the past two weeks, Traylon yeah. Burks. So it's kind of goose the yardage total, but also the kind of player he should be. And as Kyle points out, that's, that's the way the Titans want to play offense. They want to lull you to sleep at the run and hit a big play-action bomb deep. Lawrence, how are you feeling about Traylon for week 13? If you want to make that sound a little bit better, you could say three catches of at least 40 yards in the past two weeks. Yes. There you go. I did not know that. They also ran the perfect play, you know, 
kind of a new 2022 hook and ladder where they let Derrick Henry run all the way to the goal line <laughs> and he, he drop it and Traylon like it was a perfect place so Once. everyone who started Traylon Burst you got those four catches 70 yards and that touchdown on that perfectly designed play but um it like you said Kyle he has to be that guy in the offense and since he's come back from injury, he has been given that opportunity to do so. So I think the only thing that makes it questionable where to rank them is how often can they like get that off? You know what I'm saying? Like it got to a point where AJ Brown, you felt comfortable starting him every week because you knew he was that efficient and that valuable to the, he like, he was making most of the opportunities. Once Traylon Burks starts to do that, then we won't have a question of where we rank him because he'll be the top, you know, 15 receiver that they want him to be. So he has at least six targets all three games since returning. He's cleared 70 yards each of the past two weeks. Things are really trending up for Traylon Burks. And by the way, what was the better touchdown? Traylon Burks kind of like jumping on the landmine in the end zone or <laughs> Sam Darnold barrel rolling? The, the barrel end. roll is so good. Barrel yeah. roll is iconic. It was an elite name. It really I, I'm going to go Traylon Burst because I started him and needed that dearly. True. Man. Like, I, I came immediately to Twitter to see if that counted. Not my fantasy app, Twitter, to find out if that was a touchdown. Shouts to Elon Musk. Please don't ruin our beloved Twitter. Uh, by the way, Traylon Burks, Al Lazard at the Bears. Oh, Burks. Okay. Hell yeah. I, I, I would go Burks. I playing got into some teams we're going to talk about a little later in the show. Traylon Burks or Donovan Peoples-Jones with a returning Deshaun Watson against the Houston Texans. Burks. Al, give me the – Alpha's all day. Burks is, Burks is that dude. He's got that him. <laughs> Auto, uh, yeah. I, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking these number two receivers out here. Oh, that's a – listen, Donovan – who do you think a better number two receiver, Donovan Peoples-Jones or Gabe Davis? Oh come on, man! Hey, it, um, I don't know. I, if, you, if you if you search Gabe Davis in the NBC Slack, you will find some slander from myself. Who drafted a ton of Gabe? I took so much of him, but like the thesis of him being the second receiver for Josh Allen has exactly played out, and nothing more has played out. That's what's been happening. So, uh, Gabe, DP, still, but. DPJ is a more consistent number two. Let's put it that way. I, I Gabe, love DPJ, but like DPJ. Producer Adam's telling us to imagine if DPJ was in the Bills, but this is real life. Gabe's on the Bills, and Gabe is amazing. Don't we can never question Gabe? (laughs) Don't question. Look, I still play Gabe every week. I still say you should be playing him. The more I I watch him, I think like this guy really plays with Josh Allen, doesn't he? Yeah, (laughs) Gabe, yeah, humiliating me around my family on Thanksgiving. By the way, Um, you know, (laughs) tough scene. Ah, well, (laughs) never wouldn't be the first Thanksgiving. (laughs) <laughs> uh, real quick Zay Jones against the Lions Traylon Burks against the Eagles Traylon Ooh. Oh Lawrence you checking your rankings to see who's yeah, 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 yeah I am <laughs> <laughs> Give me Traylon Burks There we go Trey I, mean, I gotta I gotta see I was it was early when I did these my eyes was very low I might have to do some revising here <laughs> Well, it is funny when we like convince each other that we need to change our rankings live on the air. I've done that a few times over the past few weeks. All of these dudes is right there with Gabe Davis leading that pack for me at 29. I hate to break the AFC South monopoly, but we're going to head to the NFC North. We're going to have quarterback questions for the Green Bay Packers this week. We don't have matchup questions. It's the Chicago Bears, and we do not have production questions with this player, Christian Watson. He's the wide receiver two over the past three weeks by average points, hitting a touchdown almost every week, basically living up no, to his pre-draft. Week. Yeah, living up to his pre-draft billing of a guy who might be a little volatile, but it's going to have a lot of booms along with his busts. And it's been boom. Business has been booming basically every week. Now we have the matchup. We don't know about the quarterback though. Aaron Rodgers is the thumb. Now he's the ribs. Uh, where in the world are we ranking Christian? Is it time to get Christian Watson in the top 24? Let's begin there. Pretty sure I had him there last week. I think I did. Maybe. I don't know. It was a don't long check time me ago. on this. It was a long time ago. But is he set and forget wide receiver two with bye weeks ending? Kyle, uh, come on. Off the, off the top of your dome, tell us. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, not only like obviously the touchdowns are going to regress, right? You can't score. He has six touchdowns in the past three weeks, two games, multiple touchdowns like that won't stand. But the things that will stand are he's been elite in yards per hour and he's second since the past three weeks. He's also had a role that would make sense for a touchdown scoring player. He's fifth in total air yards the past three weeks, second in the NFL in end zone targets. They're getting him long looks or getting him looks that will result in scoring because they're throwing to him in the paint. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be the wide receiver too from here on out, right? But do I think he can be the wide receiver 21 on this elite level of volume? Definitely with the only exception being this Jordan Love situation is a little suspect. I know Love got him the long, long touchdown, but I don't think it'll work out as well going forward with Love. But putting that aside, his role, I think his role is that of like a true top 20 receiver. Yeah, I think, um, for this particular game, I think the the business keeps on booming. Pat, he'll get another yeah. touchdown against the Bears. And for this game, it'll be regardless of who's at quarterback. Uh, you know, playing against the Bears is a good time to get your feet wet and have a good game. Ask Mike White about that. <laughs> um, so I, in the way Jordan Love looked against the Eagles, uh, I feel real good about the hit is him or Aaron Rodgers. Definitely Aaron Rodgers will light these dudes up, but I think uh, Jordan Love could come in and have a decent game against them too. So yeah, man, keep, uh, I mean, keep, keep the Christian Watson uh, touchdown train rolling. It is tough to rank him because if he don't get the touchdown, um, it's not like he had 10 targets in the game or nothing like that. That's what I think that's what kind of pulls us all back from just completely being like Christian Watson is the best receiver in the league right now. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I feel like you might be the best receiver in the league if you have six touchdowns in your past 12 catches. That is hard to argue. And that, that, that just that can't regress. That just doesn't happen. You're just that good. Um, I do think uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be out there at quarterback this week, but he's going to be like spitting out teeth like chiclets or something. Like he seems like he's, he's really down bad. He's really laboring. Uh, like he was pausing to take a breath after every snap, after he injured his ribs last week. Uh, but you know, he's a man of monstrous ego. I don't think he's going to want to sit on the bench. Uh, I do think if Jordan love plays, he looked good against the Eagles. It wasn't quite garbage time, but the Eagles weren't exactly like getting after it, you know, like that game was – it wasn't out of reach, but it was pretty yeah. comfortable. They had, they definitely had a chance. But what you just said about Aaron Rodgers, do you know what happens if he lets Jordan Love play against the Bears? I was going to make this point. Oh he God. cannot stand – like he knows. He's yeah, looking up listen, the for play stats right. and saying this is too good of a matchup. This is, look, he, he's like, hey, if we was playing the 49ers, sure, go ahead. Go ahead. You get that start, kid. You get that. But you see Zach Wilson face – Every time they show him on the sideline is Mike White is just taking advantage of this poor Bears defense and out there being a top five fantasy QB for the week. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out there limping, like you said, spitting them teeth right from the gums. He is not letting that dude start against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers, like he said it, what he say? He's some to the effect of, I own the Bears. He does, or, he does own the Chicago Bears actually but, legally now. You know he about to get this easy win and and puff his chest out. And he's he said it, like he's played in the past on painkillers. He'll probably be doing willing whatever, willing to do whatever it takes to get you out. You guys remember that injury or the the post game interview where like clearly had hopped into hopped in the locker room real quick, juiced him up a little bit, and he is just loving life after the game. He's like the happiest person you've ever seen uh, in a game that he got injured in, which was strange. And it's strange <laughs> how that happened. So yeah, we're we're think the the, the A dog will be out there. And by the way, even if Jordan Love plays like goes nuts, even if he played and like went nuts the rest of the season, all you need to do is Google Aaron Rodgers over the cap to see why Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will be starting for the Green Bay Packers in 2023. There will be no there there for that storyline. There will be some there there when we come back right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the World Cup. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Colts and Cowboys in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. I did the promo reads before we could do the game with Christian Watson, but we probably don't need to do the game with Christian. I mean, Christian Watson or Brandon Ayuk? Christian Watson against the Bears, Brandon Ayuk against the Dolphins. Watson. Yeah, I go Watson. Oof, man, you answer that really fast. Dude, he's scoring all <laughs> touchdowns. Of course, we're gonna pick Christian Watson. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Brandon, I you two catches, twenty yards, two touchdowns That's last true. game. He's on the Christian Watson. Or not last game. It was against the Cardinals. Yeah, two weeks ago, but same difference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, not same difference. Christian Watson doesn't take weeks off, baby. So <laughs> <laughs> he don't take weeks off scoring, huh? That's a real, real good point, man. It's we're not gonna talk about it, but it's. It's a weird week at receiver. I, I at eleven to twenty, it's like the Amari. I don't know where to rank. I don't know who to basically make like the wide receiver eleven. It's between like Amari Cooper, Chris Olave, Chris Godwin, McLaurin, Debo, Lockett, DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson, Mike Evans. It's a real, real jumble. The way you read them off, I assume you read them off in the order you have them. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I, I thought the, the top made sense, like Olave and someone else is up in there. But I put Godwin ahead of Evans this week. That's fine. I Evans is looking like he's hurting. I've been doing that the past 10 years. No, I'm just uh, it looks like you had DK it. Metcalf. I, I'd like to – he's not on the show sheet, but I'd like to pick a bone with this. I have the wide receiver 19. What's the bone? You had him behind Lockett, didn't you? Yeah. This is absurd. This is – he has like 15 more targets over the past three or four weeks. He's he does be so much less efficient than Tyler Lockett is. No, uh, we, we are fading that. Look at him. Look at him. Google him right now. I don't know if you've seen I've, this, I've but seen Google him. Maybe add shirtless at the end of it and tell me <laughs> that that guy won't be efficient going forward. I'm just not buying this. I, I, I also think, you know, he's been banged up. What, what was it? Was his knee? Like, he like exploded his knee and then he missed like four days. I know that was hilarious. He had like no business playing. They were like, his season might be over. And then he came he back and had game. a good game after yeah. that. Like, yeah. And he had like 15 targets last week. He's man, fine he had ACL surgery and came back in five days. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that dog in him. No one can accuse DK Metcalf of not having that dog in him. Kyle, this was an initial go through the ring. I guess maybe once I get everyone's game logs pulled up, once I get everyone's advanced stats pulled up, may have to make the switch. To Mr. DK Metcalf, I had a Tyler Lockett, but we're not here to talk about the wide receiver past. We're here to talk about the running back present. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking a running back this week? Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, we we saw him have his best game of the season since uh, Jacksonville back in early October. Uh, 143 yards, two touchdowns, great stuff. He even caught a couple of passes, something that he usually doesn't do. So uh, you would think, all right, this is this is good. Let's get back to riding that momentum. In the previous two games, he had rushed for under 60 yards in both of those with no touchdowns. Now he's facing the Titans run defense. And we all know the Titans, when people face the Titans, they try to try to run. They figure out that it's not going to work. And then they throw to beat them. Joe Burrow <laughs> did it. Patrick Mahomes did it. Okay, a lot of people didn't do it because the Titans are still a good team, but... 
that's kind of ha- how you have to get after. It's how you beat the Titans. It really is. Yeah. You got to get how you, in the air. And again, they haven't allowed a running back to average more than three and a half yards per carry in a game since way back in week seven. We are now in week 13. And that running back. It's a great stat. Ironically, was Jonathan Taylor on that Colts offense. So it's going to be a little tougher to run from the running back position. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have a problem getting his rushing yards because he'll probably, he could run off the scramble. He could run off the uh, read option, which that'll be tougher for him. But as far as running from the actual running back position may be tough. And because Miles Sanders isn't, um, you know, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, when it comes to the receiving game, uh, I'm having a tough time because I don't like he should be inside the top 20 running backs just based on the offense that he's in. But do you can we really do that this week with this matchup? You laid it out so well. And Lawrence, I got caught sleeping with him even against the Packers, who we know are an awful run defense, but the matchups hadn't even really mattered that much for Miles Sanders. You got the Texans, you know, the worst run defense in the NFL right. like a month ago. And he had a good game. He had 17 carries, 93 yards, a touchdown. That's a really good game. But the Texans are the kind of team, if you're like a great running back, you go over 100 yards. And he hadn't been over 100 yards since week four. He hadn't done it only one time all year. He doesn't have the volume. He had only received 20 carries one time all year. So – I felt kind of embarrassed with my, my, my Miles Sanders ranking after the fact because it, it did make a lot of sense that they just punished them on the ground. But you laid out the reasons why you can kind of get caught sleeping with someone like Miles Sanders. And, and then you laid out the reasons why you might not want to point chase with them this week because it's going to be a really, really tough matchup. Kind of, I mean, break the tie. Where, where are we putting Miles Sanders for week 13? I still think he's a top 20 running back. I think this is still an elite offense. He's a three and a half point favorite. I think this is one of the more boom busty spots for him. Whereas, well, like you said, it hasn't really been as much defense dependent. It's really just if he finds the end zone, right? And he's not the number one end zone running back on his team. That's Jalen Hurts. So I definitely think it's like a, a fragile spot, but that's kind of the nature of the running back position. The guys who are not fragile are ranked inside the top 12. So I'll probably still have him there because he plays one of the best offenses, but like I totally acknowledge the fact that a 13 for 70 yard one catch no touchdowns performance that could happen and you're kind of you're looking at eight, eight PPR right. points right there well all right we gotta not to bore the listeners but we gotta play the game i mean we gotta <laughs> play the game we miles sanders against tennessee titans or jeff wilson in a revenge game against the san francisco 49ers jeff i'll go jeff i actually got jeff ranked right ahead of miles sanders Close. i do too one spot Jamal Williams against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game with a total over 50 or Miles Sanders against the Tennessee Titans. Give me Mr. Touchdown. Me too, I think. Mr. Tutter Tutties. So many he might he might have 33 yards, but it's gonna be two <laughs> touchdowns. Final one. Now I might might be revealing a shocking ranking that I have. Miles Sanders against the Tennessee Titans or Alvin Kamara against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kamara. Oof. I still take Kamara there. Man, I have him ahead of Jeff Wilson by one spot. I don't know what to do with Kamara. But he's lower. Like, I got Kamara ranked lower than I ever had him ranked. Kamara's four-week high for rushing yards is 42. <laughs> His four-week high for receiving yards is 47. Ugh, man, this, he doesn't have a touchdown in over a month. What the heck? I didn't even yeah, I mean, his like six-week high in rushing <laughs> yards is like 62? Yeah, it is. Ugh. Man, I mean, free Jameis. That's all I could say. Free Jameis. Uh, I don't don't know that actually further imprisons Alvin, but we got to free Jameis, folks. We have to. Yeah, definitely further imprisons Alvin, but maybe it's better for the offense. Yeah, I'd rather see the offense get better because then that'll give him better opportunities. Like he's got the the stats are like, I mean, is it really going to get much worse? Over four weeks, he's averaging four catches and 33 yards receiving. Might as well let it, like we want seven and sixty when it comes to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, yeah. That's the thesis the of of fading Jameis for Alvin Kamara's sake is that it'll be worse for his receiving stats. Dude, they can't get that much worse. You're right, so, you're right, right, you're right. Like, yeah. Any Mike Davis could come out here and get thirty three receiving <laughs> yards. Yeah. Oh my lord. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Kyle, who are we having trouble ranking for week thirteen and running back? 
Brian Robinson, uh, we saw like this team, I, I, they clearly want to make Brian Robinson a thing. Two weeks ago, they finally, I thought, were going away from the Brian Robinson experiment, going with Antonio Gibson. Last week goes right back to Robinson. And they were paid off for this, I'll call it persistence, though. I had used a different word to describe them, really trying to get Brian <laughs> Robinson going. But he had 18 over 100. And has been the case, he's been getting some work as a pass catcher, which, again, I don't understand the persistence on using clearly two down back Brian Robinson in the receiving game. Once again, they're paid off. They got a receiving touchdown out of Brian Robinson. So I'm assuming having been proven right, at least on that one week sample with Robinson, they're going to continue to try and ride him. They got to believe the giants this week and the giants are not, they're not just a great defense in general. They're below average, both pass and run EPA. They're a pretty bad run defense, but yeah, um, they're a bad, they're advanced bad or like conventional. Exactly. Exactly. I think they allow over five yards per carry. Yeah, and they're above average in a good way for running backs in running back points allowed in terms of fantasy points. So if they're going to get some sort of efficiency from Robinson, that will be all they need to fire him up again this week, which, you know, I want to see more of Antonio Gibson. But if it works out for Robinson, that's also pretty awesome. So I think he's probably is he top 24? It's tough because I just feel like they're kind of making it up as they go along. Um, I got him basically right on the RB two three border. I actually have a little lower. I have him right now as the RB twenty nine. I think that's, that's one that needs to get higher because the Giants allow five point two yards per carry. They're very bad on EPA per rush. Uh, so advanced and conventional metrics are kind of an alignment. I mean Brian Robinson. Here's who I have ahead of him: Gus Edwards. Uh, I take him over Gus. Yeah, I think I would too. That's a bad rank. DeAndre <laughs> Swift. I take him over DeAndre Swift a hundred times. Cordero Patterson. I think I'd take him over CPAP, but that's close. Then Latavius Murray, I probably need him ahead of Latavius Murray. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's the first one for me. All the other ones, I'd have taken him over Brian Robinson. Oh, wow. All right. It, it, so, yeah, so give us your Brian Robinson spiel, Lawrence. It's, I swear, they're just making it up as they go. Well, well, it, uh, it, yeah, man, it's hard. Right now, I got Gibson at 27 and Brian Robinson at 32. Why that could easily be flipped and flipped and stretched out to top 20 running back status. But you can't ignore, like Kyle said, they really been trying to make him the dude since they drafted him. You know, even before before he got shot, he was ready to take over the spot. (laughs) Then that happened. Then he came back. Don't get shot if you're about to take over the running back spot. Right. And even like – and then he find hell, he caught a touchdown pass. That's his first catch since uh preschool. And he took it into the end zone. You know? So man, I, I don't know. Like that maybe man, now that he's I'm become a classic. I I'm playing him every wrong week. That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. That's what because I liked him more than Gibson against the Texans. Yeah, I how did this dude get 15 carries against the Texans? Like, what, what's going yeah. on here? That's the like week before he had 26. Spot. Yeah, exactly. Against the Eagles. Yeah, so it like it, that's is exactly what you said. We starting him the wrong week, and I'm just going off that pattern. And this might be the wrong week because last week was such a great week, but it's it's neither here nor there. The Giants are, you know, they they okay defense, not the best run defense, but. Again, which running back is really gonna go off from this? Uh, they just they just ride the hot hand, man. I did move him ahead of Gus. I'm moving Latavius down as we speak right now. And Latavius way too high. I actually already I did have Brian Robinson ahead of Gus by by a couple spots. That that yeah. man, it didn't make any sense that I had Gus ahead of him. That was kind of a second like initial oversight, but I, I do think he should be ranked ahead of Antonio Gibson. It is a good matchup. Yeah, they cough up a lot of rushing yards, but man, I just want some. I want some sort of pattern to emerge in the commanders' backfield. <laughs> so, uh, who am I having trouble ranking here? Oh, Damian Pierce. He has 15 carries for 16 yards over the past two weeks. Taking the league by storm. Now, being quote being on the Texans has caught up with him. Kyle, you you told me basically upon fear of death that I needed to have him outside the top 20. Damian Pierce. What are the reasons why? He plays for the Texans. How is this not more obvious? <laughs> not only does he have, what, if you said 15 carries for eight yards or whatever. But 16. Come on, come on, man. He's got 16. Oh, yards. sorry. I undersold the guy. He has eight yards before contact in the past two weeks. There is 
the most obvious player to stop on the Texans. His name's Damian Pierce, and they have no one else to worry about because even their receivers, who maybe are talented, I don't know, Brandon Cook seems like he's on the decline. I don't know if Nico Collins. Brandon Cook, his injury definitely is wanted trade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, designation. The receivers are so-so, and the quarterback, no matter who they choose to start in any given week, is no one you have to respect. The offensive line ranks like bottom eight in PFF run blocking grade. He is used but completely ineffective as a receiver out of the backfield. He has one carry inside the five since like week five or six whenever he played the Jags last. So I, I just can't even fathom why you'd be playing this guy. Like, I'd rather it's him and Latavius well, he, Murray. I mean, you know why? Like, I mean, because he's not going to be this bad. We know he's a really, really good pure runner. We do know he's the focal point of his offense. But like you said, it works both ways. He's the focal point for opposing defenses because the passing game just can't beat them. Like, I don't think he's like never going to have another good game, obviously. But he was running hotter basically than he had any right to um, yeah. for a while. Like it's him and Latavius Murray as these guys who get a lot of work and do nothing with it as RB. For me, they'll be like in the low thirties. But unlike Latavius Murray, he's still actually good. Damian uh, Pierce. Tell that to Latavius Murray's fifty-two yard run last week. Didn't see. Didn't see Damian Pierce yeah, do much. Yeah, of that Damian week. Pierce don't know what that's like in a while. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still keep the guy in the top twenty-four. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I got him at twenty-two, and as soon as we get out here, I'm putting the thirty-two. Oh, I'm messing on. my lineup, up. Yeah. I should have took him out my flex spot and put Gus Edwards in there. I have as the RB23. I have him one spot ahead of Isaiah Pacheco, which does seem dumb. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably need to move him down there. You know, the guy who just gets all the hold, carries for the hold Chiefs. On, hold who would want to play that guy? Hold on. I'm, I'm moving. I just moved Pacheco ahead of him. All right. um, you can hear me clicking now. I'm saving. Uh, so, yeah, he has the RB24 now. So, he's a t- he's a... RB2 by the letter of the law still. Uh, we moved to quarterback where we've got a humongous week 13 variable. It's the return of Deshaun Watson, a topic, frankly, that still weird to talk about, but he is back. He is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. He was the QB five by average points. The last time he played football in 2020, are we immediately returning this guy to the top, top 12, top 10? Yeah, I'm gonna, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's no better matchup to do it. We just saw Tua slice them up for 280 and a half. Again, we talked about DPJ earlier. They got Cooper. Everything there is set in place, and you can see the potential of the offense with Jacoby Brissett in there, who's played well. He's better than some of these yeah, starters to Jacoby. out here. Jacoby has had a, had a good year. Yeah, he better. Yeah, he earned himself a card. Like, he'll get a contract next year. Definitely. Uh, right. it'll, be a, it'll be a nice one. Sorry to cut you off, Lawrence. No, that's all good. So, I I mean, Deshaun Watson played like, what, a quarter in the preseason and it didn't look good. That was – that doesn't mean anything. Um, They're not going to put him out there unless he's prepared and ready to go. Um, For fantasy purposes, I actually got him at – I I asked myself the same question that you just asked us, Pat. Is he automatically QB1? I probably wouldn't have done that. But it's the Texans in Houston. Um, no, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you put it. No better layout or something like that. But I got him at quarterback 10 uh, right now. So you putting him with all these weapons, the top two or three running back, Nick Chubb. So that's where I got it right now. Yeah, the only guys that had to have ahead of him, Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, Burrow. Herbert, Tua, Lamar, and Jack Prescott. Then I was kind of debating, you know, do we immediately put him ahead of Trevor Lawrence? Do we immediately put him ahead of Geno, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, et cetera? I mean, and the answer is just pretty easily yes. Definitely Tom Brady. I would take Tom Brady back too. You had Dak ahead of him, you said? I do, because, I mean, he hasn't played football in two years. It's a really, really weird – Has Dak played football in two years? I don't remember seeing him. (laughs) Got him. I I did finally fade Tom Brady – uh, whereas like Deontay Johnson, I'm I'm just I'm done waiting for the regression. He's regressed to two touchdowns a week. Congratulations, thank you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Uh, really, really great. Really, really appreciate it. My Superflex League, where I was forced to draft you, and you're just ruining my life. Um, really, really love it. But yeah, I mean, and again, it's weird. Like I don't, no one, just none of us feel good talking about Deshaun Watson. You're, you're, it's weird. You're not gonna feel great playing him in fantasy. It's just a strange situation. 
Yeah, but, producer Adam points out the total on this Browns-Texan game already up two and a half points, and that's almost off the rip. Like, we're getting these lines Sunday night or whatever. So it looks like a pretty good spot for points. Obviously, that's going to come from Cleveland. The only out to really failing is if they run the ball a ton against the Texans, which is entirely possible. But that's like a gamble I'm willing to take because Jacoby Brissett has looked pretty good. And otherwise in his career, like I'm not saying he hasn't earned his, you know, the, the contract he's about to get, but clearly this offense has been useful to him. And he, he's 10th in EPA per dropback. I, I think Watson will kind of blow that out of the water. He has good receiving talent. He's even got good tight end talent and a strong line. I, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd put him over Dak by a country mile. You mentioned there are, uh, him not playing in two years. That's why I feel like, you know, they, yeah, they could get ahead and run. But they want to warm that Nick arm Chubb's up. Probably have like 160 yards. They're they gonna want to warm that arm up. They just gonna they true. gonna let it rip. He gonna throw it 68 times. Boy, and DPJ gonna catch all of them. So you're taking the over on 60 half, 67 and a half attempts. That's uh, I like it. That's he might throw. It'll be interesting to see how it go. He might throw more times in this game than Dak will over the next three weeks. Like they, they've just completely shut down the passing game. Like they're a below average pass rate over expected or average. They've been a zero one time this year, every other one below average. And they get like three straight losing teams coming up. So real quickly, Trevor Lawrence, I'm seeing every week QB one at this point. He he is a QB one by average points. He's somehow the QB 11 by average points as a smash spot. This week in the Lions, I guess he's a QB one. Is there even any question that Trevor Lawrence is a QB one this week? Basically, coming off you know his best overall game of the year. Yeah, this week the Lions feels kind of point chasey, but I think yeah, all these dots connect. You're fine to chase points when you're going into Detroit. Like that is a a spot to continue riding this wave. I don't think I'll have him ranked every single week going forward as a QB one, but this week it's a no doubter. Yeah, yeah, I think he's. This is what a weird year for Trevor Lawrence Mm because. Some weeks he's almost like Zach Wilsoning, and then other weeks he's like Clemsoning. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I think basically, where I kind of like the the corny line I used in my article was some variation of, I'm, I'm not really sure if he's arrived yet, but it's become pretty clear like he's not going away. Like, and he's nah, he's just, he he was yeah, he would never go and do that. They uh, they just not a great. They, well, obviously they're not a great team yet. Um, but he he getting there. He definitely getting there. We're getting there to the end of the show. We're not going to talk about tight ends this week, and it's not because uh, I'm rushing out of here to watch Team USA play soccer. Me neither. Also, <laughs> no. for the record, HR, nothing, I'm nothing, not skipping out in the final. Nothing to do with that. Show. And it's also because we couldn't think of any tight ends to talk about. I mean, Tyler Higby. I mean, whatever. <laughs> David and Joku hopefully back the top eight at tight end this week after proving his health, but. Yeah, we really hope by the time you're listening to this, Team USA has advanced the knockout stages of the 2022 World Cup. We hope that you're still uh, fighting for a playoff spot or maybe getting your roster ready for the playoffs. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for reading all the stuff we have coming up on the site this week. Kyle's 32 stats, Lawrence's flex finder, my rankings. Sorry, I always call it your flex finder. Is that even what it's called? Yeah. Oh, good. I think. All right, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just copy and paste the title from last week, change the week. So I don't know <laughs> so check out all that stuff. Keep listening. We'll be back with the week 13 preview podcast later this week. For Lawrence Jackson, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll catch you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.